I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. everybody hope we're doing all right i am your host rj carbone and this is episode 208 of the podcast of bd4 hope everybody's having a nice night um as i am recording it is a thursday night january let's see i don't even know 28th january 28th on thursday night as I'm recording, so as the episode is out, you're probably listening to this or watching this um, on the 29th on a Friday. So happy Friday for those of you who have tuned in to the podcast tonight for BD4. Um, so yeah, we've been talking a lot of Knicks obviously lately with this season in full display and we're about a bit over now into a quarter into the season, a little more than a quarter into the 2021 NBA season. And um, so we've been doing a lot, you know, with the Knicks and everything. Um, you know, they've had a, an interesting season, uh, but definitely overachieving in terms of their win-loss. And, you know, you can't criticize them too much, uh, but there are things to definitely nitpick at. Uh, but we're going to hit the Yankees tonight because some, you know, some things have went down uh, since we've last spoke on the Yankees. You know, uh, I think the last Yankees episode we put out, last Yankees show was a few eps. I don't know how long ago. It was a few eps ago. don't remember the exact number of the show, but uh, we had Greg on, right? We had Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast. You can find him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, Yankee Crazy Pod. Um, we had Greg on the show and we discussed the DJ LeMayu signing and at the time, um, also the Corey Kluber deal. But since then, you know, a lot, a lot of things have gone down, down as well, right? We've had the, uh, James and Tyone trade, um, you know, with the, the, the four no-name prospects who we dealt, uh, I think the only one has played for the Yankees, their major league squad. And Miguel Yajuri, Miguel Yajuri, he a couple outings last year, uh, but you know four nobodies. Uh, so we get, you know, Jameson Tyone from that from Pittsburgh, reuniting with his buddy Garrett Cole. Uh, the Adam Adovino trade happened just a couple of days ago. Uh, the Yankees shipped him to Boston for, you know, pretty much an fu to him because the Yankees uh, not only traded him to the Red Sox but they they got in. In return, they've got pretty much zilch. They got uh, player TBD, and I think some cash considerations. So it was. I'm I'm happy about that. Um, they brought in Darren O'Day yesterday, veteran right-handed reliever. That's the dude who I troll with in MLB the Show all the time. Um, the submarine sidearm dude. Um, they lost Tanaka to Japan. That became official. We all knew. 
it was going to happen at one point, but officially official now. Tanaka's going back to his hometown to, you know, finish off his career there. Um, and then you know we'll talk about some Brett Gardner tonight. You know he's still out there, so we're gonna bring we're gonna talk about a bunch, um, go over a bunch of things, and uh, you know don't want to go too long though. Um, also trying to watch this game have like a seven way seven leg parlay on the fucking um, Golden State Phoenix game here. I've hit on let's see one two three four five five of them so far. So I need two more. Um, I got to hit the over on 205 and a half. And I need the Warriors to cover the alternate. The plus 15 and a half spread. Um, not looking too promising for either right now for me. But I, I well, fortunately, even if I lose this, I do gain money tonight because I hit a big one earlier. Portland-Houston. You know, I had a parlay on about uh, seven legs again. You know. Had Oladipo for 13.5 points uh, for 1.5 rebounds and for 2.5 assists. He hit all those. I had John Wall for 1.5 rebounds, uh, 2.5 assists. Hit the over there. Got both of them. And then I had the Blazers to cover the alternate plus 14.5 spread. And then I had the over on 202.5. So I hit all those. So one of these in amount there. So even if I don't win this one here, you know, I have some insurance. So. Ah, shit. James Wiseman's pretty damn good, though. How come it feels like all the friggin' rookies in this class, outside of Obi Toppin, are looking really strong? LaMelo Ball. James Wiseman. Um, I know Cole Anthony's not really... I think he's struggling a bit. Anthony Edwards, he might be too, so maybe not. But Halliburton, Halliburton looks good. Damn, man. I know everybody wanted him. That's alright. I'm not worried about OB yet. Yet. Alright. Um, did we um discuss about Hank Aaron yet? No. I don't think we had a show on the Yankees since the passing of Hank Aaron. Oh, that was so unfortunate, man. Guy's a pioneer of the game. You know... A lot of people talk about Jackie Robinson dealing with the racism. Hank Aaron had to go through that shit as well. And of course, he was just a, an unbelievable player. Home run king for so long. Passed away. It's crazy, man. We're getting to this point. You know, my generation is getting to this point where all these people we're, we've grown up with Hearing about these icons, these celebrities, famous people. They're all starting to pass away. It's crazy. Really crazy. To think about. You know. You know what's really going to make me feel old? Once, like, that... Uh, once that core of, like, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony... Dwayne, uh, Dwayne's already retired, but once like LeBron, Melo, once they retire, Chris Paul, you know, that era is gone. It's crazy. 
it's crazy how like time just flies like that dude oh man all right um anything else happening lately if you're a football fan i know deshaun watson officially came out and asked for a trade that was interesting they were showing his you know the presser on espn when he uh first signed the uh the big extension and how he got emotional and he was so proud of the organization for believing in him it's kind of awkward now <laughs> but yeah he asked for a trade he wants out um but yankees we're gonna talk yankees so let's head to break and you know without wasting any more time um you know we'll get right into things why the hell is my camera like adjusting it's like there's some auto adjust if you're watching the podcast my camera's like fucking flashing changing the colors of 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 the fucking it just has it has this effect on it's so weird starting to piss me off every time i move it like brightens the screen i don't know all right so let's let's head to break and when we get back we'll um we'll discuss some yankees real quick and then that'll be that all right be right back fellas so really quick before we get back into the show i do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even you can do all that by going to my link tree just go to linktr.ee slash rj carbone that is linktr.ee slash rj carbone Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, so, you know, uh, what? The very start of the offseason, I think that the most we got was, you know, fucking uh, Yankees bringing back Nestor Cortez Jr., you know, Tyler Lyons, and some other junk. And then it was quiet for a while, right? It re- or it remained quiet because that's nothing. Um... So we were all waiting for the DJ signing. Where was he going to go? You know, I said from the start I that he would be back with the Yankees. It was just, it was just a matter of time and agreeing on the terms and stuff. And here we are, you know, mid-January, signs back with them. Happy, man. Listen, you have to. That's the number one thing they needed to do this offseason. That, you know, if they did anything else... But they didn't sign DJ, I still wouldn't have liked it. Maybe with the exception of trading for Lindor, but no. Even then, I, I think DJ was your needed to be their top priority, and they got it done. Not only did they get it done, again, me and Greg discussed this um, in you know one of the recent episodes where we talked Yankees. Um, $90 million over six years for DJ LeMayu is a steal. You know, for, for somebody who's so important to this team, to this lineup... Right, I mean, it's such a big steal. Um, somebody who just balances out the lineup in a, in a lineup that's very strikeout prone relies on that home run, and when they're not hitting home runs, they're you know when they're not hitting home runs and walking, they're not doing much. Right, they're swinging and missing. They're going down on strike three, and to have DJ LeMayu kind of, you know be the anti-stereotypical Yankee. That's huge. 
brings a balance to this lineup. You know, at the top of the order, too, nonetheless. You know, starting out games pretty much, you know, once a night with an automatic base runner to start out games, right? It's so huge. You know, a guy who's going to put the ball in play way more times than not. And, you know, he's going to hit the ball where it's pitched. You know, if it's outside, he's going to take it the other way. If it's inside, he'll get his hands in there. Pull him in. He's got that Derek Jeter approach. Um, just so important. And, you know, no better team to play for for a guy like him than the Yankees because that short porch out in right field with his opposite field hitting ability is definitely um, a benefit, right? So that gives him that 20-plus homer potential as well. So he's not just a contact hitter, a straight-up contact hitter. You know, I know the analytical people don't like those guys, but DJ, not only does he put the ball in play, but, you know, he hits for power a pretty decent amount as well. And he's a good doubles hitter, you know. He'll hit you the double a lot in that gap. And then defensively, right, not only is he a, you know, over 300 guy who strikes out less than 15% of the time, he plays really good defense and he's versatile. He'll play solid second base, which is his natural position. He can slide left to play first base, or he can go on the other side of the diamond and play some third base. Versatility, good defense. Such an invaluable bat. Is he north of 30? Sure. Six years north of 30? It's not, you know, the greatest. But you know what? If there's one guy I would give a deal to, it's him, and they're only paying him 15 annually, right? If you look at the AAV, 90 divided by 6. And this is a guy, DJ, who, again, he doesn't rely on power. He doesn't rely on athleticism or, you know, strength or speed. He relies on, he's a fundamentally sound guy. He's all fundamentals, right? Pure fundamentals of the game. So guys like that, they last longer. They can last longer because that's they, their games aren't based off of power and athleticism. Strength, it's not based off of that. With DJ, it's based off, you know, fundamentals. And so I think guys like that will, if anything, guys like that will live up to those six-year deals north of 30 that GMs don't love giving out. So I think that's why you saw Cashman hand him six more. You know, I think at worst, in his, you know, I don't want to jinx anything, but so let's knock on wood. But I think at worst, in his final year, he's somebody who can still hit 270. You know, and if he's hitting 300 for the majority and, you know, making contact, hitting for power, doing his usual in the first five. Then as a down year, dips big time in the sixth. Whatever, man. You know, he's got he's one guy I'm really confident about that will live up to that contract. So happy there. And you know, we'll go around the diamond in a bit. Um But um Yeah, see, I don't think I'm hitting the over on this. It's seventy five. Well no, it's eighty seven seventy seven now. And at the at the top of the fourth. I need the uh 
Yeah, I need the 205.5. That ain't happening. Fuck. Eh, would have been nice. Um... So let's let's go to the rotation now real quick and talk about Listen, I'm happy we signed Jameson Tyone. Is it Tyone? Is that how you pronounce his name? From uh Pittsburgh. You know, he's only on a one year too, so that's good. You know, he'll be motivated to do well for the Yankees and get that contract. So I'm hoping he can be like the right handed version of James Paxton. What we hoped to get from James Paxton, because he's probably like the out the door now. You know, we talk about Tanaka going back to Japan. Hap is in Minnesota. Um, Paxton's probably probably gone. So you're hoping Jameson Tyone can can kind of be that guy. He's got a fastball. He's got a sinker. I think he's got a change in a curve, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we got him, and then obviously we got Corey Kluber. Hoping he can bring you one more good season. He's also on a one-year deal being paid just 11 mil. So you look at this rotation and you say, wow, you know, they have potential, right? They really have potential to be something good. Great. We'll go. Um, But there's still just one thing that irritates me a little bit. It's every year. It seems like Hashman is so focused has his mind set on improving this rotation's ceiling. But the floor always seems to remain the same. Right? It's like he's always so focused on getting guys who could be really, really good if they pan out. Couldn't if. But there's never those guarantees. Right? For example, you look at Corey Kluber. You have a guy who has been a Cy Young winner in his career, an all-star multiple times, um, an ERA leader, I believe. So there's that. There's always the chance he could give you one more of those. But you also look at him, 35 years old, coming off injury, hasn't pitched at that level in a couple of seasons. So there's the 50-50 chance with Kluber. Tyone, you know, a guy with talent. Hard thrower. Young. Right-hander. You know, one-time highly touted prospect. But he had two Tommy John surgeries. And he doesn't have much of a, of a major league resume. So there's 50-50 with him. Nobody would be shocked if he thrives, but nobody would be shocked if he, you know, was mediocre. Luis Severino. We've seen him pitch like a Cy Young candidate before. We've also seen him really, really struggle. Is he going to bounce back from the injury? Are the Yankees going to milk it this year? And he's going to have to be on so many limits where he never finds a rhythm. I don't think anybody would be shocked if he wasn't exactly the guy he was in 20, what, 17? Jordan Montgomery. You know, a good pitcher. But he's had his struggles. So there's no 
you know, the Yankees always look at that ceiling with the rotation, and they never go for the guys who are in their prime in the middle of a really solid career. And I'm not saying they have to have a million Garrett Coles. You're not going to find that. But outside of Garrett Cole, you don't have that consistency from anybody else, right? You have nobody else in that staff who's in the middle of their prime pretty much guaranteed to give you a solid season. You know, that's my issue with this Yankee rotation. That's my issue. It's better. The Again, the potential continues to be better every year. Right, I'm more comfortable with the staff uh, right now than I was a couple of days ago. But I still go into the season with those same questions. It's still the ifs, coulds, woulds, shouldves, you know. I just wish we focused a little more on the floor and found guys with consistencies, you know, that have a resume of success but aren't too old at the same time. It's tough. And I know we're not going to go after Trevor Bauer because we're trying to do this whole small market luxury tax shit. So that's off the table. Uh, you know, so it's a better rotation today than it was a couple days ago, but I still don't absolutely love it for a team that's trying to contend for a World Series championship. Um, yes, at least Blake Snell is out of the American League East, but um, that's, you know, with the lineup. Uh, we'll get to the lineup in a second. The bullpen, uh, you know, we we dish off out of, you know, to, to Beantown. Um, good riddance. I, you know, as soon as that asshole said he could strike out Babe Ruth, he fucked himself into a corner. Uh, and then he goes and, and does worse by wearing number zero. <laughs> this guy. I was never a big fan of Adovino. Um, And when he had those postseason debacles... For us, I was even less of a fan of him. So, goodbye to Adovino. The only thing I liked about him is that his favorite restaurant is Carbone in New York. <laughs> but that was about it. Um, and I was tired of hearing about his little pitching laboratory. So, that's going to be gone. So, thankfully, no more there. Um, and we go and sign Darren O'Day. Uh, I looked up the numbers. You know, he had a good season last year with Atlanta. Only pitched 16 innings, so I think he had some injuries, but he pitched to a 190 ERA. I know it was sub two. Um, I'm excited for him. You know, he's very old, so he doesn't have that velocity, and, you know, there's always a chance that he, you know, might not be what we want him to be. So looking at that bullpen, similar to the rotation, there's not a lot of guarantee behind a couple of guys. Um, Zach Britton's getting older, but I still trust Zach Britton. But outside of Britton and Britton, <laughs> outside of Britton, you know, we lost Tommy Canely. Remember that. Um, so there's that as well. There's not much. I don't, I'm not big on Chapman. He's been wearing on me every year. And especially with these postseason home runs, he's allowing two years in a row now. Um, it, Three, maybe? No, I think he had a good postseason a couple years ago. But two postseason seasons in a row, he's given up, you know, game-winning home runs. Um, And, you know, his velocity is dipping. He's struggling to stay on the field. And not a big Chapman guy anymore. It doesn't look like he's been... 
you know, he's not showing the most promise. So, you know, outside of Britain, there's not a lot of guarantee. There's ifs, again, right? Chad Green is inconsistent, but if he's right, he's very good. But if he's wrong, he's, you know, so bad where he has to be sent down, as we saw before. So the bullpen and the rotation, kind of similar in that aspect, where they have a lot of potential, but there's not a lot of stability. There's not a lot of guarantee. Guarantee is the big word here for me. Um, but as we go to the lineup, all right, let's uh, tell you what, let's head to break one more time. When we get back, we'll discuss, we'll go around the diamond and talk about, you know, a little bit about everybody. Or we'll get to who we can. All right, so we'll get to the lineup, the defense in a second. First, we'll be right back. All right, so DJ LeMayu is back. Talked about him. Happy that he's back to bring that balance in the lineup and to continue to play solid defense and versatile defense. That's uh, that's second base. Uh, we go to first base. We, we Luke Voigt was incredible last year. You know, a lot of people talking about him being trade bait. Um, whatever, you know. I hope we can keep him because I, I'm not a big fan of Mike Ford anymore. Um, listen, I, I like Mike Ford. He's a cool guy. Jersey guy, Tom's River, you know, lefty. Um, but he didn't produce very much for us last year. Um, you know, following up a really promising rookie season, he wasn't great in 2020. Boy, uh, I can hope he could, you know, I, I think he was spectacular. I think he got snubbed. Didn't think he should, you know, you can make a case that he shouldn't have won the MVP. Sure, you can. You don't have to say he sh he should have won it, but he should have at least placed top three. Don't even think he was top three. He wasn't. I don't even think he was top four. He was spectacular, dude. He played in every freaking game, doing so hurt the entire year, and he put up robust numbers on a winning team. I mean, come on. Don't want to hear about the defense either. So I, I'm promised, I'm, I'm uh, confident that Luke Voigt's going to continue showing promise. By the way, speaking of promise, I'm looking pretty good on the over here. All of a sudden, it's looking like I might hit it. Eh. I could. I don't know. It's only five minutes left. Never mind. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Luke Voigt, uh, I'm, I'm confident there that he'll, you know, remain consistent. I guess we're going to have to... We're sticking with Labor Torres at shortstop. I mean, you need the bat. His bat's incredible. Um, you know, he, he's a rising star. I think he's going to eventually be a guy who can at least hit you 275 and get on base, you know, near a 350 clip and hit you 30 homers a season and, you know, be a, a really consistent rising star. You know, uh, Frankie Lindor type of player from the right side of the plate. Um, the defense, though, is 
Definitely not. Lindor caliber. The defense is very poor. You know, when he first came up to the Yankees, I was hoping he could be in a gold glove caliber defensive player. Anything but. Does he have a strong arm? Sure. Does he make some really impressive, flashy plays here and there? Sure. But he makes boneheaded decisions. He struggles finishing off of plays. You know, he has a lack of focus out there at times. And the errors just pile up. And if you're analytically sound, the defensive numbers, uh, I'm pretty sure they don't favor him either. The analytical numbers. You know, the analytics say the defensive runs saved were pretty below average. The, uh, what was the new one that they were talking about this year? Outs above average wasn't very strong. So he's got, uh, you know, the transition from second base where he was pretty mediocre to shortstop where he was very bad. You know, it's not promising. But you're hoping that he's been working on that this offseason. You know, I hope um, as much as he could have with, you know, COVID and everything. But, man, it would be rough to see him continue to struggle over there um, defensively. Offensively, I'm not concerned about the off year, you know, because he did bounce back in the playoffs and he always seems to have that rhythm come October. He's developing a really impressive resume. He's over 300 in the playoffs. He's got the power numbers in the playoffs. That's impressive. Uh, so I think his bat's going to bounce back and he'll be consistent from April to the end of October. No concern there, knock on wood. Um, but it's the defense that's really scaring me with Glaber Torres. Um, not confident there. Uh, we move over to third base. Listen, Gio Urshela has become our guy. Miguel Andujar right now is an afterthought. Urshela plays incredible defense. Um, and then the offense, you know, remains very good. Very good. You know, his bat is a bonus, but you know what? It's looking like at this point, it's here to stay. Knock on wood there. Um, Happy with him. Another guy who can put the ball in play. Does he chase a bit at times? Hell yeah, he does. But he makes contact a ton. He puts it in play. Um, another guy who can go the opposite way and, and benefit from that short porch. And um, I'm happy he's here. I'm, I'm very happy he's our third baseman, right? Miggy, Wally, Pipped, Brandon, Jury. God, remember that name. And now uh, Urshela is Wally, Pippen, Miggy, Andohar. So that is something to, to look at. You know, do the Yankees use Miggy as trade bait? For, you know, for another starting pitcher. You know, that would be interesting. Um, but again, they're going to have to start playing him. And he's going to have to succeed in order for him to up that value. Right? We talk about trade bait all the time. But you're going to have to play and, and play well for other GMs to look at you as something promising. He hasn't played much over the last couple of years. And when he has played, he's not been very good at all. You know, we tried the whole left field thing with him. Didn't really work. Um, but at the plate, he's continuing to struggle. It's going to be hard to find time with him because you shift to the outfield. Um, you've got a lot of... you still got some traffic jam there. You know, Aaron Judge is obviously, if healthy, manning right field. Center field, you have Aaron Hicks, if healthy. And left field, you know, are you doing this Clint Frazier thing? And then having Giancarlo DH. So there's not really room for Miggy Andujar. So I'm really curious to see where they do. Maybe they package him with somebody in a deal. You know. 
So, um, hey, it's you know the old cliche that has been floating around this fam, uh, this this team for a couple of years. Um, you know, having too much talent is a good problem, but it is a, it is a problem. You know, we're gonna have to figure it out. Um, what else? What else? Oh, looking like I might hit this over. Oh shit. Yeah, I am hitting the over, but the fucking the God fuck. I had the I had the plus fifteen and a half spread with the Warriors and they're not even close to that. Oh, it's over. Damn it. Alright. Well Damn, that deducts a little bit of my earnings from earlier, but whatever. Something. <laughs> damn it. Fuck me. Why do they have to fucking suck that much? Pathetic. That's so fucking pathetic, man. Jesus Christ. Gosh, I was hoping I would have doubled it tonight. Alright, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> to the outfield. Again, the outfield. You're hoping Aaron Judge can stay the fuck healthy. Because ever since his big 52 homer season, his rookie year, he was a monster. He has struggled to stay healthy. When he is healthy, he is a top five, arguably top three player in this game. Right? He's an incredible power bat. We know that. He's got the 40-plus homer potential. He can hit you for average. He's going to hit over 270. You know, for a guy who strikes out a lot, that is impressive. He has incredible plate discipline. You know, his eye. He's always getting into those three-ball counts. He's going to walk a ton. Right, so he'll hit 270, hit your 40 home runs across a full season, and the OPS will be well over 900. But we don't see that often because he's rarely healthy. You know, something. It's always something with Aaron Judge. So, uh, and, and again, he plays really good defense for a big guy. So, there's not much to be said. He needs to stay healthy, and when he's healthy, he's got to be this alpha. He's got to be the alpha. Speaking of being alpha, you know, every postseason this guy goes through a lot of ups and downs. And Aaron Judge, as the the supposed face of this team, he's got to be better in post in the in the playoffs. He had the good start in Cleveland, but since then he was not very good. I think he finished the postseason. Don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say four for thirty with a bunch of strikeouts too. It wasn't great. Now, um, uh, yeah, so he's got to stay healthy for one, and he's got to start stepping up in the postseason, too. So those are the two things I want to see from Judge. Centerfield, Aaron Hicks is who he is. <laughs> Not a fan of this guy. Um, I don't know why Yankees fans, I don't know who started that notion that Aaron Hicks was underrated. Just because he's being paid seventy million across seventy uh, seven years doesn't mean he's underrated. It just means you know, maybe it means we're getting what we're paying for, which is nothing special. A decent player who, you know, has his moments at the plate and plays good defense. You know, <laughs> he's a good number nine hitter because he's got a really good eye, um, but he doesn't hit the ball enough to, to put at number one or at the top of the order. 
So I like him as a number nine. I think that would be, you know, a lot of my flack on Aaron Hicks over the last couple of years has been where he's been hitting in the lineup. I think I would criticize him less if the Yankees simply just didn't put him so high in the order and they had him nine. I think he's a really good nine hitter. I'm not using, I'm not saying that as a diss, rather a compliment. Um, so him, you just want to see health and consistency at the plate. Left field, man, can you can we please give Clint Frazier a shot? He played better defense this past season. Um, this is my guy. This is my guy. I've loved Clint Frazier since day one. Uh, again, he just needs to. They they need to play him. And if the Yankees play this kid, he's thirty home runs, hundred RBIs. You know, he's excitement. He's clutch. He is that. He brings that swagger, a different personality to this Yankees team that you know they haven't had in a while. You know, we have enough humble guys who, who stay quiet. The judges, the LeMahews. Give me a cocky son of a bitch like Frazier. I love it. Let this guy go out there and play. He showed you last season. When he gets full time, he is very effective. So I say give him the keys in left field. Let Stanton be your DH. You know, at this point in his career, Stanton, over the age of 30, never been the, the most healthy guy. I think DH is the best spot for him. Not a great left fielder either. Um, an okay one. Um, so I would just stick Stanton at DH. Let Clint play left. And you have two guys right there. Powerful. Um, yeah, so so we're talking about this whole Brett Gardner thing. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying the Adovino move maybe was for Brett Gardner, right? Those cash consider That cash consideration junk was so we can clear up some room to acquire Brett Gardner <laughs> you know for one more year we've been saying one more year for the past three years <laughs> if, we, if we sign him back <laughs> listen I you know I wouldn't hate it if we brought him back I just don't want him to have too much of a role if he's out there getting 300 plus at bats no fucking thank you um, bring him back as, as a fourth outfielder Primarily coming off the bench, you know, to give you some decent veteran at bats, you know, professional at bats, as the S Network loves to use, and plays elite defense. You know, aside from that noodle of an arm, um, yeah, I don't want him getting a lot of at bats. If we're gonna bring Brett Gardner back, please don't put that bat in his hand more than three hundred times a year. No. Um. And that's, that's the infield, that's the outfield. Behind the plate, there's not much to talk about. We brought back Gary Sanchez, threw him some more cash, gave a 180 hitter a raise. Could you imagine sucking at your job and getting promoted? <laughs> getting a raise. That's, uh, you know, when Greg and I were talking a few episodes back, we were saying how, like, this is it. He Gary's got to do it this year. And I was like, dude, we've been saying this is the year, this is the year over the past couple of years with Gary. When's that breaking point going to be? And I think the Yankees just don't want to cut ties with him because they have this nostalgia in the back of their mind where he's been here since 16, 17 years old in the system. And they keep thinking of that 2017, 2016, 2017 run where he hit 20 homers in 50 games as a rookie and then 
went out and did really well in his first full season. I think they still have that on their mind. You know, where he was in an incredible rising star at the time. But since then, he's gone from somebody who looked like Ivan Rodriguez to, you know, looking like a poor man's Adam Dunn. <laughs> right? So, you know, not to mention his defense has been less than average. So, not happy with Gary. And the Yankees, you know, are starting to slowly show that in the postseason where, you know, Higgy was getting the majority of the at-bats and, and the innings behind the bit, uh, behind the, behind the, I almost said bitch, because I was trying to combine play and dish, behind the dish. So, he's there. He's going to be their guy. Will he stay healthy? If he is healthy, will he produce? You know, I'm not going to be too confident on either of those things, so. But that's pretty much it. You go over the rotation. Again, high ceiling, very low floor. So it's it's very, uh, still to me, questionable. The bullpen, pretty similar in that aspect. A uh, couple of really, you know, you got Britain, and you got some maybes, right? Is Chad Green going to be consistent? Is Darren O'Day going to be what he was last year over a larger sample size? Is Chapman going to hit an even steeper decline? Or can he remain consistent? There's a lot of questions there. And then in the lineup, uh, you know, it's going to come down to the lineup because I don't think their rotation, their bullpen is as strong. I don't think their rotation and bullpen is strong enough to where that will get them a championship. I think the Yankee lineup will have to do it in the Yankee lineup to me. You all know my opinion on this whole boomer bust shit, you know, they're so strikeout prone. They hit a lot of home runs, but they don't have enough contact hitting. They don't have enough guys who are going to hit the ball at a high volume and put the ball in play when they need to. The runners in scoring position becomes an issue because of that, and we see what happens every October. We start striking out left and right against elite-level pitching, and that's going to be a concern if their rotation doesn't hit that ceiling that we're hoping it does. So... We'll see. Um, the American League East, it's going to look interesting this year. The Jays keep improving. Uh, I don't expect Boston to be too good, but uh, the Rays, despite losing Snell, I still think they'll be good. So the Rays, the Jays, and who knows, man, the Baltimore Orioles did take a step upwards last year. Don't remember where they finished record-wise, but I know they were ahead of Boston, I think. But they are improving, so who knows? Um, it's going to be a tough division. Yankees have to win it, though. They can't be doing this wild card shit. It was a down year. It was a really bad year, 2020, for them. They did not win the division, and they were booted booted in the first round of the playoffs. Yes, the first round. I don't count the wild card as a round, even though it was a round. Um, so we got to get it together. You know, We got to win the division and then make our World Series run once and for all. It's It's, it's been long enough. Um, for the Yankees. You know, there are tough teams out there. Dodgers aren't going away. So if we if we can get it done and win the pennant, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if we're looking at the Dodgers, but we're, we're ahead. We're ahead of ourselves right now. We got to win the division and then take it from there. Um, and that's pretty much that, guys. So 
you know, just a little Yankees update tonight here on BD4. You guys are listening to episode 208 of the podcast of BD4, sponsored by Anchor. Um, you can make your own podcast on Anchor. Just go to the Anchor app or download, I'm sorry, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, create your own podcast. It's the best way to make a podcast. It's simple. It's easy. All you got to do is download the app or go to anchor.fm. Guys, that's pretty much it with the Yankees. So let's head to break. Um, no, you know what? We had to. We, we we went to enough breaks. So let's just get right into the uh, let's get right into the NYY NYK question of the day, and we'll wrap it up with that. All right. All right, so obviously 207 was a Knicks episode. Um, so our NYY, NYK question of the day for last episode was, um, Emmanuel quickly scored 31 points and hit five three-pointers on Sunday. How many Nick rookies before him scored at least 30 points while making five three-pointers? All right, so the answer to that question was one. He was this he became the second Nick to do so. Emmanuel quickly was only the second Nick to score at least thirty and hit at least five threes in a game. So the answer to that question was one. Only one Nick did it before him. Don't remember who it was. But um our NYY NYK question of the day for this episode for episode two hundred eight brought to you by Anchor. Make your own podcast, download the Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm. Is, who was the only Yankee to hit a Grand Slam in his team debut? Alright, who was the only Yankee to hit a Grand Slam in his team debut? So the only Yankee to hit a, to hit a Grand Slam in his first game with the team. Alright, so message me the answer if you know it. Um... You could do so on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. DM me, comment once I publish the podcast, and I'll give you a shout out if you get the correct answer. Guys, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast BD4, you can go to my website and do that. Um, I just created a link tree, so you can go to my link tree, and that will display. It makes everything easier. It organizes everything into one. So go to linktr.ee/rjcarbone. That'll take you to the page that has uh, page that has all my information. Okay, so go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That will take you to a page that displays my podcast. You know, the many platforms for the podcast. You can click on that link. Uh, it'll have a link to all three of my social media outlets. And then has the link to the Yankees blog and the Knicks blog that I write. So go to my link tree linktr.ee slash rjcarbone alright that will take you to the page that displays all of my information guys thank you so much for tuning in once again you're listening to BD4 this is episode 208 of the podcast we are flying along here we will be back with the Knicks on Sunday the Knicks have a game on Friday and they have a game on Sunday so we'll be back with the Knicks uh, we'll put out an episode on Monday. So Monday morning will be the latest Knicks episode. 
But for 208, you know, we talked Yanks. The Yanks staying active, making some deals. Again, so far this offseason, brought back Cortez, Lions, some more junk. They re-signed DJ. They got Kluber, Jameson, Tyone, Adovino trade. O'Day comes to the squad. Lost Tanaka, Hap, probably Paxton. Gardner might come back. And uh, am I missing anything? I feel like I'm missing some things. I don't know. But that's pretty much it. We discussed what we had to discuss in this one. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And I'll uh, I'll see you on uh, Monday morning in the podcast. If you follow the blog, I'll see you tomorrow night after the Knicks probably lose. All right, guys. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.